0: Hello and welcome to The Chess Circuit, a podcast all about the wonderful game of chess. My name is Adam Ralph and I'm your host. How are you Ben? Yeah, really good, thank you. How are you? It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a long while. I can't remember the last time we did a, um, what was the last episode we did, was it Carl, Carl Portman?
1: Probably was actually wasn't it? It? Yeah. it
0: was that was before Christmas. Oh my goodness! So much has done, so much has happened since then. It really does. I just think events sometimes just
1: overtake you, don't they? you know, I, mean, I obviously really love doing these, and it's always great to do. But it's just time has just run away from both of us.
0: So. Yeah, just keeping an eye on what the government does and what the ECF does yeah. and uh, what other organisers do. It's yeah, multitasking.
1: So should we start with that? Should we start with what we have been up to? I mean, Adam, do you want to maybe say a bit? about you know the tournaments and well i've
0: been keeping an eye out on them
1: yeah
0: what other people have been doing and seeing seeing seeing, you know trying to what's the expression you know you kind of lick your finger and you hold it up and you Mm -hmm. say which way Mm -hmm. the wind blows Mm -hmm. and i think um hopefully i'm not tempting fate but i'm doing a london league blitz this thursday the 24th and i think that might be the last event that i do for a while that has restrictions so you know that they're being quite strict they're saying everybody has to wear a mask Um, but officially from that date i believe um obvious the the official restrictions for events indoors have been dropped so um my my general advice has has changed to um we recommend that you wear masks if you're playing in an event
1: Mm.
0: um, but we're not obliging anyone to wear a mask and to be honest um, that seems to be the default position for most people. Anyway, those, those people have decided that it's too risky to go and play chess or to travel on public transport or to attend big events. I think they're staying away anyway, but there's an awful lot of demand. I mean, I, I realise looking at other people who are having record attendances mm-hmm. and record sign-ups um, for events which are taking place um, w- way ahead in the future, that I realised that there's there's this pent up demand. So we've got um, you know, after a gap of two years, we're doing we're doing South End again at Easter, and really? um, you know, we've had we've had about fifty sign ups already, right. and that that does say something. And I know Norman went, not not to not to. Uh, be too parochial about it. It's not all about London events. But Norman, mm. who does an event in Docklands, he saw a record entry of about 45 players for his tournament the other day. And I think there definitely is demand. So me looking ahead, what, I, what I've done is I've planned out quite a busy schedule, but mm. you always have to keep a weather eye out just in case um, a new variant comes along and you have to change quickly, you know. How about yeah. you, what have you been doing?
1: Yeah, well, mainly writing actually. So I'm, wo- I'm working on a new book, um, it's was, it was very funny actually so the story goes a publisher actually approached me ages ago around the time that Queen's Gambit came out and they're not yeah. a chess publisher mm. but they see Queen's Gambit and this is great this is what we'd hope that it would get other people interested in the game when we talk yeah about absolutely it. yeah and they asked me to do um to write a book which is essentially looking at some of the histories of the great players looking at some famous matches we're looking at quite a few games but not in it's not a super analytical book it's more is more of an introductory book for people who you know, maybe you know, maybe actually outside the chess world, it's got a lot of photos in it. Um, but it was very funny because they, they talked to me about this ages and ages ago, and then um, they said, You know, we're we not going to know for a while whether or not we want to go ahead, so you know what it's like. I sort of waited and waited, and I didn't, um, yeah. yeah, and in the end, I sort of assumed, Okay, fair enough, I decided I don't want to do it, but yeah, I just dropped them, I dropped them a courtesy email, um, and just say, Well, yeah, fair enough. So I dropped this email, I said, Ben, Ben, yes. We really do want the book. We really <laughs> want it. I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's great!" Said, that's good. That's the only problem is, we need it now. And I was like, "Oh my goodness,
0: what do you mean? What do you mean, you need?" It? Publishers always say that. You I think it. publishers always say that because they know what writers are like. You know, if if you give if you give writers enough um, leeway, yeah. they'll they'll just put it off. They'll I procrastinate. Think. I mean, you know what it's like.
1: I think that's right. And we, we sort of negotiated. So originally, they wanted the book by. The end of January, which I said was impossible, absolutely impossible. And then I got them to the end of March, and amazingly, you know, we're not we're not quite done, but we are. We will we will meet that deadline. It has practically killed me, Adam. I've been so. So my routine: <laughs> is, I get up literally every day at about I don't know quarter quarter to six, and start working start working at six and try and do yeah. about two or three hours before work. and Then in the evening, do some more. I do that seven days a week. But what it does show you know message really, really out there who wants to write if you do yeah. that you could yeah, you could create a book quite quickly I think it's, it's, it's hold hilarious. on let,
0: let, let's put this in context Un, yeah. unlike me you have a real job and a family to deal with <laughs> apart from having to lots
1: of real jobs, Adam, lots apart of real jobs.
0: from trying to write a, a book on on demand you've got all these other commitments i don't yeah. know how you you do it i mean what kind of books do they normally publish you don't have to tell me what the publisher is but yeah i mean i mean normally normally they do sort of quite
1: arty photographic type books you know right in different subjects and stuff but but it's interesting because i've said to them you know whilst their audience may be mainly outside the chess world it has to be credible it has to, it has to be right yeah work and, and things like you know i mean you know you know, when you're doing anything like this, getting your diagrams right, is a bit of a path, and you need to check. Absolutely.
0: I, mean, I get yeah. the impression that this could be a really beautiful coffee table book, but yeah. it's still gonna need to be reviewed by chess players. Exactly. And you know what? They, they can be a very um, uh-huh. unforgiving uh-huh. bunch.
1: I, absolutely. I'm sure that they would be I could think <laughs> or I won't name them, but I think we can both think of one or two who are probably oh, be yeah. to say that it was, you know. I think I think I think we've got that. I think I think what it's meant for me is these is partly probably why. Why on my side, I have not had to do as many chess circuits um, stuff with you, it's just. Yeah. I've got, as you know, I've got one of my kids plays football very seriously, so we do a lot of driving. And I've had a new boss as well, a new boss at work who, right, he's very, very nice, but he's extremely energetic and has lots of ideas. And again, so it's just been. Um, but does he
0: play chess? This is the only important thing. He doesn't play chess, so that's. Uh. Quite- But he might appreciate the fact that you do and you bring a strategic overview to the whole thing. Yeah, I I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. it's been been a real
1: yeah, it sounds like for both of us a real a real juggling
0: act. I'm really looking, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I've had a few other distractions. Like I finally, I finally got COVID. I mean, I did almost everything Mm -hmm. I could possibly have done to catch it Mm -hmm. uh, over one weekend. You know, I went to I went to Edinburgh, not nothing to do with chess, I just went to Edinburgh Mm -hmm. with a friend. Mm and um i think the flight was just a a bridge too far so i so i got covid and it wasn't serious but you know it takes time but luckily it was christmas and you know you could basically just sit back and um, uh, take some time out and um there were some other things going on as well in the background so uh I I took, as you probably read, I canceled all my events for January. And there were a couple of reasons for doing that. One was, Mm. I didn't think anybody would be in the mood to play. Mm. And the other, because I think people were just in an uncertain frame of mind and um, couldn't second guess what was going to happen with the regulations. And the other thing was that um, I really didn't have time. I had, I've got some very, I'm working with some really nice new organizers and new arbiters who um I'll introduce people to um, as we go along but that and I could have handed it over to them and they would probably have coped very well but I just didn't think many people would be um, enthusiastic yeah. whereas I get the impression now from all the emails I'm getting from players and all the entries I'm getting for events yeah. and looking at other people's events I'm getting the impression that things have turned a corner and people yeah. are kind of ready to return to a new normal you know if they like I wear a mask on public transport, mm. and mm. if they want to wear a mask when they're playing chess, mm. they, they'd be happy to. Um, mm. I even wore, you know, I went to a couple of very long films and um, Dune, and uh, for instance, and I wore a mask all the way through and I didn't find that uncomfortable. So mm. it, it probably reassured me mm. to, wear, to wear the mask at that point. So I think, I think that's where we've got to with chess. I mm. think in a, in a room full of players, um, anecdotally I've observed maybe 30% are wearing masks yeah that's right you know I mean,
1: most aren't now and you know and like you say people people should be able to do their own risk assessments now you know everybody's having opportunities to, to have three jobs who who wants to take that up a lot of people you know like like yourself of course now you've had it like gives you extra added immunity for the future as well so is yeah exactly kind of- We'd rather be we'd rather be in a world when COVID didn't exist, but you know, there's, there are risks in everything. Unfortunately, and that's not to make light of it, but it's just the nature of it. You know, you get in your car to go to a tournament, you are taking a risk. You know? Yeah,
0: we have to work. We have to work with it. And talking about playing playing over the board chess, have you actually played any over the board chess recently?
1: So, oh my goodness, I've so well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry to bring that. Sorry to bring that
1: up. Well, it's an inter- It's an interesting question, actually, as well. Yes, I have. So I've been playing um, playing some league chess. And, okay, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the story, and then let's talk about this. So in the week, yeah. playing um, playing in the league, we were in a cup match against a team from a weaker division. We massively outrated them. I'm 400 points higher than my junior opponent. <laughs> um, so completely hiding to nothing. And I got – it's not just that I lost. She completely destroyed me. I was sat there in agony for most of the game. She used very little time. I was completely obliterated. And of course, all my colleagues are obviously standing around, you know, Mm -hmm. watching this disaster unfold. It's all been written up. Um, You know, and it's like, it's interesting is I it, because I think all credit, all credit to her, you know, I mean, she played, it's not that I made a terrible mistake or it's not that I was swindled. She absolutely, she completely completely outplayed me. But it's just when you sort of think, you know, as a chess player, I mean, you, you must have been in a situation. Those are times, you know, when you have a bad defeat or an embarrassing defeat, how, you know, how would you, how do you personally cope with that? How do How do you deal with the emotions and so on? Oh,
0: well, I mean, I, you know, I, I can remember all my embarrassing defeats yeah. quite, you know, it's quite visceral, you know, you know, I would wake up yeah. for weeks afterwards thinking, oh, I should have played such and such, yeah. you know, like leaving a queen on pre or, yeah. you know, missing a win in a crucial position, that yeah. kind of thing. And it does play on your mind. But I think the the only way to deal with it is to accept it gracefully and congratulate your opponent and and move on and try and try and work out what it was that went wrong. Um, so if it isn't something on the board, I mean, I played my first league game for two years and my only game for two years over the board the other day. I was playing for Boar and Wood mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I outranked my opponent and I expected to mm-hmm. beat him, but I was so desperate not to lose my first mm. over the board game that i missed a win and, I, mm. and as soon as i saw a line that ended in a perpetual check for him mm. i i kind of almost went for it because i, I could be guaranteed that i would at worst draw yeah, drew, and yeah. i might sneak i might sneak a yeah. win in you know yeah. he was too good to fall for any of my uh, yeah. tricks so i think there, there was a bit of that um but I, I don't know. The only way to the only way to deal with a defeat is to it's like anything in life, is to to get back on the horse, as they say, and you know, play more play more chess. And I, uh, I have yet to do that. So I'm yeah. do do as I say, not as I do. No, get do back it. on the horse, you play lots of chess.
1: I think the thing is as well, it's like something like I think I, I don't know if you know Andy Baruch, but he's a he's a, he's a he's a Kenworth player, and he was saying that you know it's very easy to almost like you can't you know you've got to absolutely care about the game when you're playing it but it's not your whole sense of self-worth do you know what I mean it, 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 it is a game naturally you know one game isn't it a, a verdict on your entire chess career like you don't you know I, I don't know I think I still have a slightly better dramatic side but it's like you know you know it's easy for me to think oh my goodness maybe, maybe I can't maybe I actually can't play at all and I think like you know as chess players maybe we all have a little bit of imposter syndrome a bit you know you kind of like want to <laughs> look so, so it's kind
0: of um. yeah i think we all feel a bit like that you know yeah. it, it, it is it is more important than anything else at the point where you're playing it and um it's only in hindsight that you kind of put it in context like a lot like a lot of events that that aggravate me i, I in hindsight yeah. i'll i'll look at it and go i don't know what i was worried about you know what was what was what was the point you know
1: Totally. Most of the things you worry about in life, you shouldn't. You, you know, you look back. and uh, You know, but it's but it's interesting actually. It's funny because like one of my worst ever defeats, and it was one that still I could still wake up and think about. I guarantee I am the only person in the world who ever whoever thinks to that moment. You know, nobody else. You know, in the <laughs> nicest possible way, ever cares as much about our personal <laughs> chances as, as we as as we as the individual players will do. And maybe maybe that's to bear in mind. So um,
0: I was interested that the your opponent was. Um was a girl because i've noticed that my i'll tell you the truth that my tournaments, even with some financial help Mm -hmm. from the ecf who who gave me some money Mm -hmm. to um to kind of promote female participation i am i'm I'm always grateful to get five percent uh female participants and interestingly i've noticed over the last few events Mm -hmm. that the number has definitely been going up um some of it is to do with there's a, a group of players um an organisation called She Plays to Win, run by Lauren yes. De Costa, yes, and yes, yes, yes. he's right, been right. bringing groups of girls, re, you know, really varied abilities, you know, some really strong mm. kids, to some kids who, who've, you know, maybe just started out in tournament chess, yeah. and he's yeah. been bringing them as a group to yeah. to my events, and mm. you know that that has been a re- everyone has said how nice that is, how how mm. nice it is to see so many, you know, um, young that young kids all wearing the same kind of She Plays yeah. to Win. Uh, yeah. uniform or come into play and then he he does some coaching in the in the kind of back room yeah. in between rounds and I think that has definitely impressed me how good some of these kids are. No, I'm not surprised.
1: No, it's brilliant. A hats, off, a hats off to Lauren and a hats off to everybody who's involved in that because as you say, you know you know the more the, the more girls and women who are playing chess you know absolutely the best yeah. there it is great great he's
0: not the only person who's doing it is he because I noticed that the the ECF had put in a lot of efforts into yeah. organising you know they've got a woman's director who's really active yeah yeah and who is actually a woman and is yeah. running big big women's events which is yeah. a fantastic development
1: no that's absolutely right and paul lamb you know paul lamb again lots of commentary commentary academy juniors are very you know yeah very good players there and stuff uh, i
0: see them on facebook quite a, there's a lot yeah. of um junior clubs on facebook who are yeah. and, and, and never they never stopped playing chess they were playing chess online yeah. You know, during the pandemic, um, while the, the rest of us kind of tried it and maybe kind of drifted away, you know, the juniors really embraced it. Yeah. And and now now that they can go and play tournament chess, they're unstoppable. So I'm seeing quite a yeah. lot of um, um, young kids coming and beating up adults. I mean, I, I did a tournament the other day um, at um, Muswell Hill in a place called the Clissold Arms, which is a really lovely pub. And it being yeah. half-term lots of kids came along and there was one kid who's who had brought his own booster cushion decorated with dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. I think he was like five or six years old. Mm -hmm. And um, it turned out that before he acquired the booster cushion, um, he was playing at the 4NCL Junior and he couldn't see the pieces properly because, <laughs> because of the angle, you know, his queen and king got in the way of all the other pieces. Yeah. So somebody else gave him the really good advice and they, he bought his dad bought him a booster cushion decorated with dinosaurs yeah. and now he can see the board. He He's ready to go and he's beating up adults.
1: I mean, you know, we've got a junior in, in our club who, you know, it's incredible. And again, he's had opportunities to play online during lockdown that he wouldn't otherwise have had. And, you know, on a weekend, if he hasn't knocked over three or four IMs of bullet by like half ten, he's like, you know, he's like, he's not happy, you know. And it's amazing, yeah. and, and I think in some ways, you know, the online scene has democratized chess a bit and that you can play these, you know, these top players. I mean, I remember what was it, one of the ECF challenges I played on? I played Keith Arkell of <laughs> a 24-hour marathon I played four, four times between about half I five saw I half saw seven in the morning. Just, I'm just mad so.
0: that that's the only thing is I think Keith Arkell can kind of get and, and players of his ability they can get yeah. away with playing lots of blitz but I always say to parents yeah. who ask I don't offer this advice otherwise but if yeah. they ask um I, I sort of tell them that blitz is a bit of a gateway drug to bullet yeah. because when you see kids playing a lot of um, blitz, you, you know that they probably play, th- you look at their records on Lee Chess and they play thousands yeah. of games of bullet. And you wonder yeah. just h- how much that can help their development. I'm sure someone like, you remember we did an interview with them. Um, we did a chat with David Lemoyle yes, and he's yeah. an excellent tactician. Yeah. Now yeah. I know that I think he might agree that, I mean, me personally, I cannot spot those tactics in, in, in 20 seconds. I need, I need a good, three or four minutes you know so mm. the longer the game the better i think from for most people's development especially kids and that's one of the things we kind of lack actually in completely. london especially because of the cost of venues so
1: completely i mean bullet is
0: completely bullet addictive. is so addictive but yeah i mean
1: before lockdown I'd, I'd never i'd never played a game <laughs> of bullet
0: and yeah. i played a couple
1: at the start and i thought oh this is awful i'm certainly not going to do this again and of course i've now played more bullet than any <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: you know you know I'm what the getting main getting the main the signal that you've become addicted to bullet is going out and buying a really expensive mouse oh, a wireless yes. mouse something like that you know you've got an old school them. um you're well, showing me game, a picture game of game it's a one. gamer's so, mouse yeah but it is so pretty it was, old school it's got a wire on it it's, and it's it has you got know, a wire on it
1: it has got a wire on
0: it it's not yeah. an odd shape you know i've seen some re- yeah. really weird ones but when you get used to them they're supposed to be uh you know ergonomically you know they'll give you that yes. little advantage when you're playing somebody yes. who's just not yes. fast enough
1: no exactly and sometimes i, it's, I don't know how
0: no nah, i don't think i don't think you could improve your um chess by playing lots of bullet but it, it's great fun no. no exactly exactly
1: and one question on your tournament on when you say no restrictions does that mean people will be allowed to spectate again because that's one of the things i've noticed at congresses where i've been to a couple where basically you've Mm. had to leave a room when your game ends. And I felt, you know, fair enough, if that's been the rules we've had to follow, fair enough, that's what we've had to do. But a big part of Congress is being in a group, watching other games and
0: stuff. Yeah. Um, Well, well, strictly speaking, the FIDE regulations have already taken care of that issue because Mm. once you stop playing the game, you become a spectator. And Mm. in in official FIDE events, normally, you don't don't allow spectators in the playing area. Now, nobody really enforces that, because mm-hmm. because we realise that, you know, people want to follow the games of their teammates or their competitors, their rivals, mm-hmm. their friends. So what I say mm-hmm. to people is, you know, if I, if I see that there's a crowd around the board, I encourage arbiters to, to kind of move people back because mm-hmm. I have had this experience. I mean, you know, you know when there's um, an accident and people crowd around the accident, what the advice is, pull the crowd away because it sucks all the air out of the mm-hmm. situation. You know, it stops the person breathing. It makes them feel you know, in, intimidated and yeah. somebody actually said to me the other day, they were playing in a tournament and uh, they said, I have not played over the board chess for, for two years. And suddenly mm-hmm. I found this crowd of people all, you know, standing right next to me, you know, almost, almost on the board while I was trying to mm-hmm. figure out this complicated position. And I, I, I realized that it's probably, it's going to be that like that for a while. We're going to have to encourage people to sort of step away from the board and give them something else to do you know it helps if there's but the like 4NCL has the advantage that they have more space they're in a lovely location you can go for a walk you can you can read books at the bookstall um go, go for a drink in the bar you know th- these sort of things are good distractions so i'm trying to inform my players of like the local where the local park is um, where the local cafe is places where they can go and just stretch their legs um, encourage them you know it's actually quite healthy for them to do that between games you know rather than just watch more games, you know. Yeah,
1: that's fair, that's what that's, sounds fair. But what
0: do we do when we finish playing a game of chess? We play more chess. So, you know, it's, it's quite hard to persuade some players, yeah. you know, to do that. So, yeah, um, yeah the short answer is, uh, I agree with you. You know, we have to we have to kind of move people away from the board and encourage them to, yeah. not to crowd. Case that, that is
1: actually one of the tests of, are you getting old or not, Adam? So if, um, <laughs> like, in the hour before... For your next round of a tournament in a in a slow weekend, do you spend it a you know as you suggest, maybe getting some fresh air and having some lunch, or b playing five minute each games with your mate because if you play five minutes, you're probably still youthful or at least young at heart. I would I would say yeah. I've I've sort of transitioned from over the years. I I I would automatically have done that when I was
0: younger, but I wouldn't. wouldn't. You're right. You're right. And 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 I remember Um, when I when I was younger playing five minute games and having the arbiter telling me off for using the clocks and now, I now I do it to now I'm doing yeah. that to players at tournaments but you're right yeah. um, the last thing I want to do in between games is is play five minute chess <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: yeah
0: but I'm, I'm looking at my calendar and I'm thinking you know where where am I going to play my first tournament after two years and there are some great tournaments coming up um I noticed that I mean one of the things I was quite worried about post lockdown was how many tournaments we might lose because you know if you can imagine if you're doing a tournament every every month or or like me you know five or six times a month it's not such a big risk if a tournament if you don't have so many entrants for one tournament but there are tournaments that take place that are once a year that are classic tournaments but they're basically run by you know one or two people Mm. you know and if those key people retire Mm. um it's very difficult to find somebody to replace them when there are such there are financial risks attached. And I've lost, I think we have lost a couple of tournaments this year, but I think they'll come back next mm. year. For instance, um, Kidlington in Oxfordshire is a great tournament, mm. um, yeah, yeah, and true. that was cancelled this year. Um, Jersey, yeah, that's been that's been postponed till next year. Like I say, have you heard any?
1: Um, Sh- Sh- Shropshire again usually happens straight after Christmas, but obviously yeah. that, wasn- that wasn't possible.
0: Yeah, so let's let's hope that you know there are there are still tournaments um, to play, and I think there will be. I think there'll be a kind of um, a kind of correction. Is that the way that I talk about the markets? Talk mm. about a correction in the market. I think in in terms of chess, there'll still be four NCL congresses. There'll still be sort of big congresses like blackpool in fact i tell you i tell you what the, the commonality between all these tournaments that will survive is that is that groups of people share the the risk so that no one feels like it's just their personal responsibility to take these things forward so um south end only exists because there are four of us in the committee who are sharing the the burden and um generally and that's the great thing and I think 4 is the same and I think Blackpool is probably the same I hope that there are plenty of tournaments like that still going in a year's time um, for us to play in yeah no I'm sure
1: that's right and it's it's sort of shown hasn't it because there was always this theory that because because the game works so well online will everybody want to stay online and clearly it's not not the case I mean you know I, I play a lot online but I it's not the same. There's something you get over the board in terms of experience, but you don't get at a computer screen. So you know, and I no. think it's and maybe reaffirmed for people the importance of over over the
0: board chess. Apart from apart from league chess, where where will your next tournament be? If 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 there is any plan for a tournament, <laughs> I, <see.
1: laughs>
0: I can see you looking at your your empty yeah. calendar, thinking yeah.
1: you know. I, just, I need to get really organized because I think. I sort of accepted, it. and this shows this shows how extreme this this on um, this book project has been, Adam, in the sense. But
0: normally it blocks everything else out. Yeah, it
1: it's blocks everything
0: out because there's, yeah. there's been a couple. Of, there was a, a Warwick tournament
1: I didn't, I didn't play in. I didn't play the last weekend before four NTO when I could have done. Which so I've actually been turning down chess, which is just extraordinary. But I mean, I certainly I will certainly you know say we get this book done in the next the next few weeks i'll certainly then be looking to play a few weekenders so yeah
0: you'll need to promote it yeah and definitely
1: <laughs> <I'm laughs> wait to see how i do for
0: yeah
1: <laughs> but, um, And if you would if like to do the british i'd always like of course you know, I'd love, to come, love to come to one of your tournaments to get out of you know yeah,
0: that think, would be great yeah I mean, but the british be- the british is a good idea actually because yeah. Tor- it's in torquay again which is yes always statistically the most popular destination for any British championships so I mean I'm going to go but I'm probably not going to play in anything because it doesn't fit my schedule but I'm going to go because I like Torquay and I like to I will meet so many people that I haven't seen for two years that it's you know I have to do it Um, but the other thing I've been doing is I've been I've been looking at the ECF calendar because the English Chess Federation does this calendar if you google ECF calendar chess calendar you'll find it very easily and I have noticed quite a few events. They must be doing a lot of work because mm. there's so many new events popping back onto the calendar mm. of all kinds mm. that I, I feel that, you know, now you could kind of choose mm. a weekend, have a look at the calendar, and then, and then yeah. you know, pick your event. Yeah. Whereas, you know, unfortunately, you know, for the last two years, it's been very sparse.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just getting back into the habit, isn't it? And there's things mm. like, you know, I mean, for years I'd always got to, I'd always got to leak every year so it was just a one day it was just a one day rapid play wasn't it and every single year i go up and i'd always think this is much much further to travel than
0: than i thought and yet, yeah every year i
1: kind of end up doing doing the same so
0: and every year it's worth it isn't it i know it's a, yeah, it it. a slog it's it. yeah yeah yeah
1: so i think i think that but again like you say i mean i definitely want to come down to, to london i mean i mean i should to think to when i first played in one of your events Adam, and it must have been I'm not,
0: I think I was probably still like a teenager or something. Yeah, it's, no, no, it's um, crazy. you know, it's a lot. You of know, signs signs of getting old. Um, yeah. Number two is is when when people come back to your tournaments having played as juniors and bring their kids yeah. to your tournaments for their yeah. first experience of tournament chess, yeah. uh, or or when they when they kind of message you or ring you up and say. You know, I I kind of rang this number not expecting you to answer. I can't believe you're still running chess tournaments, you know. And, uh, you know, yeah, I know. I love it. I love it. And in fact, um, hopefully I'll have I'll have plenty of new tournaments on the calendar next this year um, because I'm trying to encourage new organisers. Like, for instance, um, players players who who might have come to my tournaments in the past quite often move away they move to an area where there isn't a massive amount of chess and they mm-hmm. wish that there was a golders green style mm-hmm. rapid play you know mm-hmm. and and what ben ogan scholer has done he's a really strong player who's moved to swindon he basically phoned me up and said i want a tournament like golders green in my area you know I'll, I'll basically back it if you'll come and run it because obviously you know there's, there's there isn't that yeah. kind of chess in the area and nobody wants to to sort of start a tournament um but if you'll if you'll kick it off and so we're doing one on the 5th of March and it's already got I mean normally when I see the entries coming in I tend to know most of the names and what's what's marked this out is is the fact that I don't know like three quarters of the people who are playing and that is great so it's a whole new area for me and you know I'm quite happy to give it give it a go and uh, thanks to Ben you know, it'll happen on the 5th of March. And there are other people, you know, like Hammersmith is having a, um, it might be a centenary. It's certainly a significant date in the club's history. At the beginning of June, they're having a um, a weekend tournament in London. It's not just any old weekend tournament. There's lots of plans in the pipeline. So they've asked me to, to help them with that. Um, and of course, I don't know about around the country, but there are a couple of London clubs who have bounced back. Really seriously, and are organising a lot of events. So you know, Hammersmith is one, Battersea is another, yeah. H- Hendon as well. You know, um, how about your club? Are you planning any any over the board events? Yeah, I mean, our
1: aim was to get through get through the season. We had a reduced number of clubs, mm. but, but the season's actually gone quite well. So I think we'd be looking to do a rapid play. We haven't organised it yet, but I, I think you know we wanted to do. Our original and it just shows you know what we think we can do doing covid and what reality is because our plan our original plan was yeah remember the restrictions when we were going to do a huge big bang you know thinking of course that wasn't the way that but but this worked out in terms of how you know it wouldn't have been appropriate to do what, what we'd originally planned but i certainly think um we'd like to do some tournaments we'd like to do some symbols maybe get some grandmasters in to sort of to try and try and yeah. you know try and do that um it's, it's just it feels like the right time it's almost like it has, you know i'm sort of touching wood we don't want to tempt fate but equally it does feel like this is the time where as you say that pent-up energy for chess can now be can now be realized and we can get back to yeah you know, because I, you know i bet you know for both of us we're going to be people you know lots of people we've obviously kept in touch with but there's bound to be people on the circuit who we just haven't and you're going to see them again and think oh wow isn't it nice to have that chat and, yeah you know, uh, I,
0: um so, There's yeah. another guy. Um, mm-hmm. You might have seen him on Facebook. That's a great thing about Facebook is um, a guy called Jake Isat is doing something called yes. the London chess community, which is very interesting. Yes. And that might he might be an interesting guy to get on the podcast. Yeah. Um, And there are several other people doing really what they you know, they look like they're doing really good things, mm-hmm. mainly based in, in pubs, uh, not rated games, that kind of mm-hmm. thing, just getting people out, socialising and enjoying the game over the board. And, and they're more community events. And I have a feeling that that might be a growth area that people like me, you know, who are, who are a bit, bit more old school, we're probably missing that. So, you know, they might be very interesting to talk to. I think um, he was saying something about him having 400 members on uh, Meet.com. And I, I get the impression that the profile of his membership is probably quite young, which is great. Because at Muswell Hill, that tournament um, I was telling you about, somebody pointed out that of the 44 players, only six of them were not juniors or seniors, you know, only six of them. So six people out of 44 were, you know, of kind of, uh, to use a very old-fashioned expression, working age and and, uh, student age, you know, and that's quite interesting. So someone like Jake uh, and other guys who are out there organising chess have got a completely different... Attitude to organising. They have got they come from a completely different place, and that's great because we might get some new ideas. Yeah, I think that's
1: right. And I I've been in touch with him a little bit as well. And uh, he's not the only one. And and as you say, I was talking to 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 one of these new organisers actually a couple of years ago, and they were saying you've got to understand that for most people it's not all about winning and losing and having an intensely competitive experience. And uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. The first time somebody said this to me, I was like, "Well, it is for me, you know." And you know, and then actually, I thought, "Actually, yeah. and then a hey, actually, that's not right for me because for me, you know, the whole community friendship thing from chess is a big is a big part of my life and matters a lot, a lot of to course. me." So, a hey, hey, my perceptions about myself were wrong, but also just this idea that actually, you know, making chess more welcoming so that you know you can come along, you can actually build some relationships, you can feel that a bit of a community sense, and actually, hey, you know what? If you're not the strongest of players, then it does, it's not the end of the world. But there's still a place for you, and you can still fit in and still be part of it. And
0: completely you know. agree. I completely yeah. agree. And yeah. um, the other guy, I've just remembered his name actually, Nick Templer, who's doing something. Mm-hmm. I think it's in Greenwich, mm-hmm. Greenwich Peninsula Chess. So um, mm-hmm. again, this is London. I mean, if anybody else out there is, is listening and have got examples of mm-hmm. something similar in their area, give you know, email yeah. me and um, just look up chessengland.com and message me and tell me about it because i don't want it to just be about london events but nick seems to be i mean he's a bodybuilder i think or a personal trainer Mm -hmm. because he's the most unlikely looking chess player you'd see Mm -hmm. but he's organizing these fantastic sort of outdoor events around the greenwich peninsula um Mm -hmm. and they look they look really good and i I would love to go along to one of these events at some point they're just friendly games you know with digital clocks, really nice pieces. You know, they've obviously spent a lot of time thinking about it. Um and I and I think you know all, all chess is good. Um you know because I eventually people want to come and play in a, a formal tournament the sort of thing that mm. I do. So you know I I'm always very glad to see more people playing chess. Mm. Mm. And um these guys in Ilkley I noticed that that these guys have basically gone stratospheric i mean tim tim wall is organizing a lot of events and uh, mm-hmm. generally um very good events in um, northumbria but he's doing he's doing some really good quality events in do you remember we interviewed them yes, for the right, podcast right. Fascinating. They're, they're doing a massive sort of series of events at their at their club in ilkley and mm-hmm. getting lots of press coverage as a result and i just this is a this is a great time to be a player or an organizer or a writer you know yeah completely and what we're seeing as well is
1: you know these 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 people are very good at making those you know using new 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 sort of media technology but also frankly traditional media as well and actually raising the profile and actually just looking outwards in a way that you know that's right Um, yeah
0: i think it was andrew wainwright and matthew webb
1: that's right. Yeah, it was a really interesting conversation. I, re- I remember it well.
0: Yeah, very much. And I think I think um, we might have a catch up with them at some point. But I think they they obviously have, have really taken off. And I'm, I'm very glad to hear about that because uh, we need we need more chess around the country. Um, I'm, I'm considering doing some tournaments outside of England. Um, where, where because, well, I've, I've been asked to to. To think about doing some tournaments in Scotland, oh, um, and I know, I know I go to Scotland quite often, and Edinburgh mm-hmm. in particular. And mm-hmm. it struck me over the over the last two years before lockdown that we had a lot of players from Scotland coming to play in my tournaments, mm-hmm. FIDE rated standard mm-hmm. tournaments. And I would ask them, you know, why why have you travelled so far to play in this little tournament mm-hmm. in in Hampstead? This because we don't have anything like this at home and and then I, I didn't think anything of it and then the Americans started telling me the same thing and I thought this is crazy you know sure, surely they've got tournament and I, I looked into it and no they don't so the tournaments that we're doing the kind of five or six round standard international tournament for players under 2200 they they are really popular because people want to get a FIDE rating so I'm thinking of doing something in Edinburgh and I'm I'm going to write to the Scottish Chess Federation and see how they feel about that. I have done one before. Um, I've done a, done tournaments all around the country, but that that might be coming maybe next year. That'd be awesome. That's a brilliant
1: idea, Adam. Yeah, I'm sure you make a really big success of it. And again, as you say, it then builds. You know, draws more people in. It gives more people roots. And like you say, maybe you doing that. You might hook up with somebody who you can then help to sort of to do further Exactly. In yeah. The, yeah. the idea
0: is that you, you do you do them and um, get enough if you get a kind of um, uh, you get enough rated players on the scene mm-hmm. to make it interesting to have a tournament and generate more rated players that mm-hmm. kind of builds up a momentum which I saw in Hampstead over eighty tournaments you know we did eighty tournaments um, and and eventually you know from from a beginning when maybe twenty percent were rated at the end. It was very unusual mm. for anybody to play in the tournament who didn't have a rating of some kind. Mm. So, mm. you know, it kind of built up that head of steam, and I think that could happen mm. in in Edinburgh as well if you mm. if you kind of start it in the right way and involve people. Oh, that sounds fantastic! So, it's definitely
1: a lot a lot going on there. <laughs> so, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. lot I mean, I
0: might not have time. I mean, one one of the things I'm guilty of <laughs> um, is sometimes I have loads of ideas and just uh, don't have time to. To execute them all i'm not like you i'm not able to sometimes i'm not able to just sit (laughs) down shut everything else out and focus on one thing that's my big problem
1: there's loads of honestly there's loads of stuff i'd like to do that i i don't do and you know i think i think it's the same isn't it for everybody really it's it it is hard like life is just busy and you know yeah if you want
0: something done ask a busy busy person so, you yeah, know, I think what would you have done if you hadn't had any of these distractions? Yeah. Would you have been able to write this book having no other distractions at all and all the time in the world?
1: Yeah. You know what? I'm sure I would have found other ways to put myself back under pressure. i have done other things. <laughs> as well, you know,
0: I'm looking forward to it. When is, when is it coming out? I think in October. So in it, October. It? I was quite a while okay. to wait. That's good. For Christmas. Yeah yeah I think that's I think that's a plan it sounds start. like a good a good Christmas yeah, present I think, I think,
1: hopefully hopefully so so you know I I can sort of get on with some other other writing before before then again because I must admit there are some things I would have liked to have written but that's been yeah. the hardest thing actually a few articles I would have liked to have done I haven't done I haven't done this but uh,
0: well yeah. I, I wish I wish you well with it thank you thank you yeah. And what's the project after that? Have you got any writing projects planned? Uh, any more articles?
1: No. So, um, well, yes, actually, yes. So, so the next, so, I, so I did the one that came up this month on maps, music, and chess was in was in chess magazine, looking at the relationship between you know musicians, mathematicians, and chess players. That was quite interested. So we spoke to spoke to John, Jonathan Levitt, grandmaster to Andy Baruch who's a good local player and a musician I spoke to a neurologist and it was really based on you know it's Kasparov's idea that you know people who were brilliant at one of these things often had an aptitude for for at least one of the others and it was quite interesting because what you, where you get to is there's lots of examples of people who were brilliant at one and, and, and extremely good 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 at the other particularly you know musical chess players oh right? yeah you know your philidors and uh, and so on but um but actually you know it was quite interesting if you talking to talking to this this lady called amy amy brand who i know who's who's a neurologist and she said you know actually though you only have to to find one chess player who's brilliant at chess but hopeless at the other two and you prove that you know that the link is 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 not
0: yeah uh, the the, scientific uh, method yeah yeah You've disproved yeah, it. Yeah,
1: completely, completely, completely. And, and it's very interesting. And, and you know, her, her take was, you know, again, when we talked about IQ a little bit in a sense, but actually, you, you know, yes, we all know over Kasparov and Carlson have got IQs of, you know, a zillion or whatever, but equally, I won't name him, but I know of at least one GM who probably regrets the IQ test he took because, you know, it's kind of like... <laughs> shattered, shattered his his aura a little bit. I would say, but, um, especially
0: if you made it public. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And
1: just just a sense, actually, her take was that you know she thought it was perfectly possible for somebody. You know, you could be a brilliant chess player, but you know, kind of entirely average Max music or you know <laughs> or whatever else. And, you're being you know.
0: you're being you're being kind. I mean, we we all we all know um, great great chess players who are completely hopeless at life. I think. I think I mean I mean I don't know if, I don't know if it's a funny story or
1: a sad story really, but it's one of the things. Um, so Marshall, um, you know, the legendary legendary Marshall, you know, mm. the only job he ever, ha- the only conventional job he ever had in his life was um, in a department store, where his job was to show people from one side of a department store to the other, and he got fired because he couldn't, he just he couldn't do it. Bless him, and he just
0: think, you know, that is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's ever done a a study of um, chess players spatial awareness, because one thing that I think we all have in common, we're not we're not maybe that intelligent in the sort of academic sense, but we've got quite good spatial awareness when it comes to chess. But I know chess players who veer from not being able to find their way to their own toilet to being able to you can plonk them down in the middle of nowhere and they will find their way to the nearest whatever they want, you know, without even needing a map, you know, complete opposites. So I wonder what's going on there, but um, I kind of fall somewhere in the middle. I've got worse as I've got older, but um... Uh, yeah. I
1: mean, my
0: my my sense of direction is
1: poor. It took me a long time to learn to drive a car, which I I mean, I do drive drive all the time now, but for a long time, it's funny actually. It was like the happiest, well, very happy moment. I was at a congress once, as you know, I was talking to Dave Thomas, and he found out he found out at that time that I didn't I didn't drive, and then I ordered a black tea. Ben, you really are a chess player through and through. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is good to know, because apparently ch- chess players don't normally take milk in their tea, which, again, I'm sure statistically is easily um, provable as being not always the case.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah, I, I failed thing. my driving test twice, which, I, um, but, you know, I like to think I'm a That's safer driver as a result. That's and, um, you know, and I always I always believe that, like, you know, in yeah. chess, you know, fail, failure is yeah. just, you know, a stepping stone That's on the
1: Path
0: so to, to perfection. Yeah, yeah. But there's,
1: you there's never get serious. there. Grandmaster, um, I, I won't. I not I, I not mention his name. But uh, he was playing in a tournament, and um, and a friend. Uh, uh, should I say it was? I won't. Um, Go on, you can <laughs> uh, say it. Uh, uh, so, so Carl Portman had offered to give him um a lift to his hotel, and it was a hotel he'd stayed at. But Jim mm-hmm. had stayed at the night before, and he gets into the car with Carl, and um. And Carl um, says, oh, you know, well, what hotel are you in? And he's like, well, how would I, how would I know? <laughs> he's like, well, um, but you were there, you were there, right? And he's like, well, yeah. you know, really? so, can you give me any pointers as to, okay, if you don't have a name, any pointers given you've, you know, been driven to it this morning, so it's just looked too blank. No,
0: too kind of no you're asking, you're asking too much. <laughs> this is no, true. No. Yeah. I have I've done that role before you know kind of chaperoning uh, well, grandmasters yeah i mean
1: I, I was, you know cuz you obviously you did an you amazing experience you, you know of, of the candidates so and obviously so like like a steward cuz it was I, was Ivan Ch- was was he the one who was needed the most looking after or
0: um <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to name any names but yeah sure sure but yes <laughs> yeah and and you have to be careful cuz cuz quite often in in when yeah. people come to London okay yeah. we drive on the wrong side of the road yeah, if exactly, they're just yeah. if they're just not used to it and they, they're just somebody's daydreaming as as super yeah. grandmasters are want to do you know they yeah. can quite easily get run over yeah, so you yeah. know one one of my jobs was to kind of make sure he got from the hotel to the to the venue in one piece mm. and mm. found his way there um, and if, if if there were ever a possibility that a player might oversleep or you know kind of yeah yeah get lost you know that that's yeah. that was my job to go out and retrieve retrieve them but yeah but um but no it was it was a privilege to do that and oh, um right. you yeah. know some some yeah. of the most interesting people in you know in history have been people mm. who had exactly the same kind of um approach to life uh
1: yeah
0: it didn't do them any harm they, they managed to uh to get by no, no definitely not
1: definitely
0: <laughs> yeah and I, and I, you know, anyone who's ever been in a car journey with me knows that I'll always take the most scenic route. It isn't necessarily the shortest route. Yeah. That's that's my excuse when I get lost. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I can't, you know, sat nav has saved saved my life.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I could have driven in an era pre sat yeah, yeah. My sat is my. <laughs> Incidentally,
0: somebody was saying to me the other day that they they couldn't they couldn't quite believe that. That chess has survived the advent of of um, really strong chess playing software, and um, that might be a subject for another day. Because you know, I, re- I remember uh, I remember somebody giving an interview, and and they were asked, you know, is this the death of chess? And I kept thinking about, you know, if you know about the history of chess, you know that periodically people kind of announce the death of chess. There's draw death. There's you know, it's all been played out. And I thought, and and, and you know. That would be an interesting topic because i actually think it's got stronger as a result i think the general level of ability is definitely from from my very anecdotal kind of observations gone up you know i think people are playing chess at a much higher level in this yeah. country than than ever before and i think that's down to how how good the software is and it the fact that it's free it's you know it's ubiquitous right. Right. Let's let's do that in the podcast because that'd be
1: a really interesting one to, to talk about properly and to to explore. But yeah, no, that's good. a Really good topic.
0: And we would nice to that, catch up with you and um, yeah. Let, yeah. let's 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 write a, a short list of um, potential victims. Definitely. I mean um candidates yeah. Yeah. for Keep, yeah. you know for a yeah. chat. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think, think what we should do.
1: Yeah, we do that. We, we make a list of people who we want to invite on, but maybe we should put it out there. <laughs> yeah. People are listening, and they they fancy coming on and chatting to us. And, yeah. Know, let us know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We can do we we can do an um, yeah. you know, ask any question, answer any questions. You know, we'll yeah. take any questions from the floor, and yeah. Yeah. you know, give you an honest yeah. answer. You know, definitely. it may not be the answer you want, but it will be an honest answer. Definitely. That'd
1: yeah, be great. great yeah. Nice. It's so nice to talk, and hopefully we can get back into the habit of doing these again now. And
0: yes, yeah. definitely. Take it. Take it from there. Cheers. Thanks Brilliant. very much, Ben. Cheers, Adam. Cheers. Bye. thanks for listening to my podcast if you like this why not sign up for my free newsletter just google the chess circuit there's a free version and there's a paid version and your support is always welcome see you on the next podcast